Welcome back to another edition of Robin's Ramblings. I am Robin Brady, and today we are talking about sort of the business side of life, but also marketing yourself in as well as marketing a brand. My guest today, who I am thrilled to have, is Stephanie Simmons. How are you, Stephanie? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Robin. Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here and excited to (laughs) chat with you today. So for those who don't know Stephanie, she is a single mother of six kids. Yes. And a double entrepreneur and just one of the more community-involved people uh, in our community. She's always on the go and got something going on. And I just think that her energy, uh, your your passion for your own business and the community is beyond inspiring. And so I am so thrilled to have you as, as a guest on the show. I want to go back to the beginning, or at, I don't know, even know if it counts as the beginning, how you decide that you want to not work for someone else, that you want to launch your own career and be your own boss. <laughs> I thought, okay, I might cry if you keep talking <laughs> like you are. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely um, took some time to really decide. I thought I knew for sure that I was going to be an entrepreneur 10 years ago, because that's kind of my anniversary. Is This November is 10 years ago I started my first entrepreneurial journey. Um I, I was with uh, Investors Group at the time. So uh, then I thought, oh, yeah, this is my jam for sure. You know, uh, this is what I want to do. I want to work for myself and, you know, bring in my own income, that kind of thing. Um, but, I mean, that has led me down a whole bunch of different paths at the same time. And I think, okay, we're five years now. So Dimples Decor, I started five years ago. So Dimples Decor is home staging and interior decorating. Um and that was really kind of the catalyst of okay, this is it for sure. I'm I'm starting, and it's my own. So there's there's was no framework. There was nothing really to go by. There was associations and things that you could join to kind of help you, but there was really no one to learn from in the area for mm. home staging at the time. So it was it was something I had to like. That was really when I was on my own and like okay, I got to figure this out. So. So I did and kept going and I did take um, jobs along the road because, you know, you're building the business and at the same time wasn't necessarily popular service. So Mm. I still did have to work. But up until last year, um, you know, I was doing both. I was doing Dimples Decor and working. So um, last August, though, I decided to leave the employee world. Mm. (laughs) And I was hoping it would be forever. (laughs) Now, anybody who needs to hire me in the future, if that ever happens, I'm not saying I won't do it. I'm just saying <laughs> totally I don't want to. <laughs> and that kind of came about by just, you know, you have all these ideas. You see things happen. And once you start your own business once, I feel like it's just super contagious. And, <laughs> you know, you find ideas everywhere. And people will talk about that. The more entrepreneurs you talk to, you know, they get super sidetracked by these great ideas all the time and you know it's 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 hard not to start multiple businesses um so i think that i i knew last year that that i was really done with working for other people and making their dreams happen Mm -hmm. because it's it's tough right that's really what you're doing you're essentially fulfilling someone else's vision someone else's goals and there's nothing wrong with that like some people that's they love it right you know um but i just was 
discovering it's totally not me and I have so many things I want to do. And that's where that really came about. So I made a really tough and like super risky decision to leave a salary job. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I am single. I'm not a single mom. I'm a single woman. So I just want to put that out there because, you know, their dad does all kinds of wonderful things. And, For sure. And um, so having, you know, a single income household, that's mm-hmm. a little bit challenging. And <laughs> <laughs> so it was a risk, but I was willing to take it because I thought, you know what? Now is a great time. Little did I know COVID was coming. <laughs> so it throws a wrench yeah, in everything. So last August I thought, oh yeah, it's going to be great. <laughs> So I took about three months and I planned Sugar That, and we opened in November of last year. Um, so we were really just four months in when, when COVID kind of shut us down, um, but we had a really great start. I'm pretty proud of where we got to with that business, and it showed me a completely different side. I mean, Dimples Decor is a completely different business than Sugar That, so this was like, oh my gosh, it's a retail location. People know you're there, you yeah. know. If you close, they are going to see that, <laughs> you know, it was, it's a different thing than running a business out of your house where mm-hmm. a lot of people don't even know that's what you're doing. Right. Um, so it, it was a big risk and I'm glad I don't regret it at all. I feel like it has taught me so many things about trusting yourself and just kind of going with your gut feeling of what you need to do. I mean, I, I thought about leaving before I even had the idea of, of sugar that I thought you know what I gotta just focus on my business dimples of at the time I was running I was insane last year summer was booming you know I was working evenings and weekends yeah. staging and it was great but I was getting pretty run run down <laughs> uh so I had to make a choice and I chose me and my business and um then the idea came for sugar that and I thought okay well it was more for my daughter I wanted her to have something she could do we kind of created her a job nice Um, I like that well you know she's a creative girl and it's tough like it's tough to put that into a job sometimes um you know like she's an artist but she's also creative in many other ways and I thought well let's just try this it's more of a trade you know you can learn a skill and uh, we'll see if, if you want to stick with it. Great. If not, we can train other people. And, yeah. And at least we've, we're established. So that's kind of where we're at now. We're, we're training other people. And uh, we're still hanging in there. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be one year this month. Wow. So uh, the 21st, actually, which is the same date as the gift. And <laughs> uh, so we're going to be celebrating all month long. But um it's, I think we are definitely proud that we've hung in there over the course of this last year. Yeah, no doubt. So. The hardship of running a business through the pandemic and trying to survive, but a new business yeah. adds that extra layer of, of yeah. gut-wrenching to I it. I think that was one of the toughest parts, but we do have, you know, good landlords that helped us uh, with rent during the time. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, it's not that we didn't think about closing because... <laughs> It's tough. You do have to still kind of figure out different ways to survive. Yeah. And for us, we didn't even have the other revenue streams established yet, right? Um, but our clients are great. They they came back. A lot came back. A lot. Um, 
have referred their friends. Mm-hmm. And so we're definitely grateful for that. If we didn't have that, we certainly wouldn't be in business. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we're giving back all month. <laughs> <laughs> so how you mentioned that you didn't really have any sort of role models when you were starting out with Dimples Decor. Where do you draw knowledge from? I mean, getting like a mentor or someone who can sort of help you figure out what you're doing. Yeah. So at that time, um, luckily I did have a good mentor at investors group. Mm -hmm. Um, Gary Van Horn was, he, he just introduced me to the whole world of the entrepreneurial spirit and being your own boss and all of those things. So that was a great foundation for everything that I've done. Um, because if you get him, you get it, you know, and, and he was great for that. But when it came to staging, there wasn't, of course, I did look for local people and there were some who had, you know, come and gone and who had done it for years, but had closed. And, um, so I ended up having to go to, I think the association was out of California and, but I just, Jumped in there and said, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Teach me. (laughs) Do you find that makes you, having had to search for some, from inspiration and leadership, has that made you want to be a leader more, that you want to help blaze the trail for others? Yeah, it's interesting because during the last 10 years, you know, I've had to figure out so many things on my own. Mm. Because you don't, I've never really had anyone who's doing exactly what I'm doing. Right. right? It's a little bit unique in the sense that you know there wasn't a home staging business already established that I could say hey can I train with you or can Mm. I any of that so creating everything but also it didn't have resources and that's one of the biggest things when you have to teach yourself is if you don't have resources to pay someone to do it for you like a website or you know marketing Mm -hmm. all of those things then you you got to just get in there and learn it yourself and that's what I did and um and I love, but I loved every second of it. Like I love learning those things, and I love working on the computer and um, creating graphics. I didn't ever consider myself to be a creative person <laughs> until I started that this business five years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I thought, okay, it is in there somewhere. <laughs> I've got something creative. But in that, after you know, so now, um, earlier this year, when both my businesses were shut down. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh my gosh, I have all this knowledge now. What can I do with it? So then I started having the idea of how she masters it. And it, it has <clears throat> started and kind of developed into a bit of a resource for other businesses. It, it was designed to sort of just help women. And then we went from helping uh, female business owners. And now I'm kind of regrouping again because things are changing yet again. Yeah. And, and they're changing for me too. So... I really wanted it to just be a place where people could go and find resources on how to create a business so that they didn't have to do what I did, which was just, you know, start learning pieces everywhere you go. You had Mm -hmm. to learn something, right? You know what it's like when you want to learn how to do something? You Google it, Yeah. right? So you go to Google and then then you're drawn in 60 different directions and you you get on a free workshop and it's not really free, you know, they just (laughs) want to sell you something and then you... You find a little piece of what you need over here. and a little, mm-hmm. So I really wanted to try to bring that all together. And that was the idea and inspiration behind How She Masters It. And it's still out there, but um, I think I am taking it in a bit of a different direction. So um, as I've been collaborating with some others, um, but there are plans for it. I've just kind of, I'm taking a pause because it was causing me a little bit of stress. Yeah. In, in that it's, it's a tough time right now to put, 
energy into that, but I also need to focus on the businesses that I currently have and make sure they're going to survive <laughs> this too. Um, staging is, it's slow a bit right now compared to last year, you know, it's just not the same. Mm. So it's worrisome a little bit. Like I'm, I'm in no way ready to let go of that by any means. Like I'm not letting go. So <laughs> we'll just hang in there and see what happens. One of the things, because I mean, everyone mm. seems to have this sort of side hustle these days and you've always got something else, some little pet project that you're working on. One of the toughest things for, I, not that I use my podcast as necessarily like a moneymaker, but it is, you know, more of like a passion project that I do. Mm. But it's the marketing that I have the toughest time with that I've always, I don't know if it's necessarily a woman thing or just, I don't know, the environment that I was raised in that I don't like talking about myself. I like yeah. talking about other people. And I, I have such a hard time with the concept of selling myself. So how do you how do you get over that? How do you market yourself as a business and as an entrepreneur? Well, I I definitely think in in like I've even taken a course during COVID. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> of course, because <laughs> what else are you gonna do? <laughs> so I took a course, and it does talk a ton about marketing. And one of the sort of realizations, I guess, is what I had to come to. Of what they taught was. Um, in order to for us to remain being our authentic selves, which is where we are comfortable talking about that, mm-hmm. we're not necessarily comfortable in selling ourselves when we don't normally do that, right? So um, they just talked about, you know, if someone's benefiting from what you're doing in some way, that's the that's the marketing piece. That's the story, right? It was really more about just staying true to who you are and not... A lot of people think, oh, it's going to be phony if I try to sell what I'm doing, right? They think it's going to sound phony and I don't like asking people to buy my stuff or buy my products or whatever it is mm. or, or even invest their time in listening to me and all right. those things. But I always have in the back of my head, and maybe this is just kind of blatant, but it's like, would you just get over yourself already? <laughs> That's what I always say to me. Just get over yourself. Like, nobody really cares as much as you do, Right? Actually, it's so right? true, though. <laughs> So it's, that's it. It's just, it's kind of getting over yourself in that somebody wants to hear what you have to say. Mm-hmm. Somebody can benefit from what you're, you're saying or from, from what you're doing. So how, and that's what you really need to focus on is the story is how are you helping other people? Yeah. So for example, with your podcast, if people love listening and they, you know, and you decide tomorrow you're not going to do it anymore, then they'd be really sad. Well, why are they sad? Why do they love it? Right? And taking that, and that becomes your marketing. Yeah. So I've recently started going to this um, life coaching group. We're doing goal setting. And how do you, when you are, you have multiple projects that you're working on, how do you set your goals? How do you decide which are the the main things that you need to be working on? Um, Well, this is actually something I coach on too, or have done inside the membership. Really, it's for me, it's a bit maybe different than I might even coach because it's just what works for me. Right. So um, if I'm coaching that, it's just a kind of a general thing. <laughs> but for me, I like to um, look at what I want to achieve for the month. So it's always looking at the big picture and mm. the end goal. So, okay, the month of November, where do I want to end up? At the end of November, what do I want to have achieved? And then it's working backwards. So it's taking that 
big goal, breaking it down into, okay, what do I need to do in order to get there? What are the, say, three big pieces of that? And breaking those down into literally like your daily tasks. So that sounds like so <laughs> simple, but not because right. nobody likes to do this. Okay? <laughs> no one. <laughs> but that's really, that's it. It's There's no like scientific, although I will say, if you've never read Eat That Frog uh, by Brian Tracy, amazing okay like super great so there's a lot of um really good tips like he does 21 great ways to avoid procrastination and like i don't i forget what the rest of the tagline <laughs> is but avoid procrastination and just get things done i think okay. so <laughs> it's great so he talks about things like um what we're focusing our time on during the day and how to um how to do the difficult things first. So that's one of the, when I started following that one, one of his 21 ways, uh, I started noticing a lot of um, momentum just from that because yeah. I was getting the hardest thing done. So say you start your day at 9 a.m., you know, uh, you, your work day, I mean, okay, 9 a.m., I'm going to take the most difficult thing I have to do today and just do it right now and get it over with. Which is the thing we always procrastinate. Right, absolutely. And we leave You're it. You're going to do and the easy things. sometimes we get to the end of the day and it's not even done. We push it to tomorrow because we don't want to do it. Yep. But if you do it, the power of that is, it's crazy. Like you wouldn't even believe me until you do it. <laughs> but when you do that and now you've got the hardest thing off your list, it's like all the rest is easy breezy. You can complete those tasks with nothing, but that you feel so... Like you just knocked one of the hard things off your list yeah. and you start to really see the impact of that and you want to do more of that. So you want to keep doing that over and over again because it just feels great. It feels good to knock things off your to-do list yeah, always, it does, right? Yeah, for sure. But procrastination sometimes feels better <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, because it's in our comfort zone totally. to not challenge ourselves necessarily, right? Mm -hmm. So. It is a little bit more of getting over yourself, right? So, okay, just get over yourself already. Do this thing. It's not going to be as bad as you think it is. It really usually isn't. Um, but a lot of planning, too. So a lot of, okay, I can't do this task until I do this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it is leading up to that, right? So, oh, I have to create this piece of content, but first I have to read this, and I have to, you know. So it's just breaking it down into tasks. And then they go into my calendar. So I'm a huge Google Calendar person. Same, yes. I love it. I use reminders. I'm, um, if it's not in there, it's probably not really happening. Um, definitely with appointments with the kids and all that stuff. Because my day sometimes can just be completely thrown off balance. Mm -hmm. If I have a kid who has a cough. Right. And now they can't go to school, school anymore. <laughs> Which is fine. Doesn't mean I can't work. I'll still figure it out somehow. It's like, okay, you're going to come in here. Here's your lunch. Here's yeah. Your I'm going to be right here in the other room working. And you're good. We're good. Okay. <laughs> That's what that looks like. <laughs> but, uh, and being able to shift that then. So, but if it's all already in your calendar, then mm -hmm. you can kind of move things around easier than if you have to just shuffle it in your head. Right. And I find a lot of people are scared to just put it down. Like, and it's the biggest, it's the biggest helper when it comes to what do I have to do today? Right. If you don't have that listed, written down, um, then you, like that you're missing the first part of being able to visually see what the hell you have to do today. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
people are scared to write it because they know it's got to be done and they're kind right. of avoiding it. It makes it more real yes. when it's when it's written down Absolutely. and you've got it all color coded yeah. and everything. Yes. Yeah. Then it's yeah. tangible time and it has to be done. Time blocking is another big one. Yeah. So blocking out time for that. I know talking with a lot of women in my group and other entrepreneurs and um, really trying to like carve out that time for them. So it's not just self-care it's also carving out time for you to work exclusively on your business Mm -hmm. right and and a lot of people are there they just feel guilty about it and they feel like oh well but that should be this time and and it's you've got to decide how much time you need and then block it off Mm -hmm. and you have to take it and a lot of people feel guilty about it right and they don't want to take that time away from other people but it's no different than going out to a job so if you're an entrepreneur you've got to have work hours somewhere and they have to be in during a time when you can actually get things done. Right. So scheduling that, getting up earlier, you know, doing things before the rest of the house is awake are awake is man, I can't even tell you what that has done as well. Like just getting up before everyone else and having that time to clear uh, your head, yeah. look at your day, you know, maybe take some time to like clear your mind and all of that is a is a great way to start the day, but it also sets you off for success for the rest of the day. So some of those things <laughs> help me. Do you find that, because one of the things I was going to ask you about was the balancing of work and life. But when you're working at home, does that make it harder to be able to separate, you know, like, okay, I've got the kids to look after and this to do and that to do and this business to run and that business to run. And that's a lot of balls to have juggling at the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, managing it all is difficult, and that is another reason I started How She Masters It, because I wanted to kind of <laughs> share, but I also wanted to surround myself with women who were dealing with the same thing mm-hmm. as, as I was. And um, because I found sometimes it was difficult to to have those supports when people don't understand what it's like to be a work-from-home mom or... Um, and, and all that, like not everybody gets that, mm-hmm. what that actually means and and how you kind of have to run your life a little bit differently because you have to find those pockets of time, you know, after homework, in between bedtime. Well, that should be family time, sure, <laughs> sometimes, but uh-huh. if I can get an hour in and then still like do the read the book thing and all that, <laughs> then I'm still in good shape, it's fine. But finding that time and I'm pretty fortunate all of mine are in school now so I have, I have the school day yeah <laughs> and we do do the after school program so I do have a work day um, provided it's not interrupted by appointments or mm-hmm. whatever you know you've got dentist you've got doctor you've got whatever else sure <laughs> so yep but typically I am able to get a solid day and so I try to make the best of it um but it is a lot to juggle like especially when we're doing sports and stuff like that yeah um, because sometimes some of the business stuff is in the evening. It's just unavoidable, um, evenings, weekends, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still stick with my calendar. You know, I ask for help when I need help. That's a big thing. I think, um, I'm not afraid to just say, listen, okay, I got this going on and <laughs> I need, I need a little help. Yeah. Like this week, for example, I knew that I needed to have some time, um, to kind of regroup and, figure out how I'm going to move forward with everything um, next year and the end of this year and how we're going to get through the holiday season and all of that. So I said to Chris, can you take the kids for a week? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which 
I don't even like to say it out loud because a lot of people don't get that, you know, but he, you know, is more than willing to do that. And I asked, it's, I feel guilty. Of course, I don't want to ask, but I needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I use that time to just, okay, this is what we've got going on. I have a humongous whiteboard in my office. They're really cheap, you know. <laughs> So I was like, clear this big wall. It's better than writing on the wall. Yeah. So clear this big. And I just go to town on there, okay? This is what I want to kind of do. And it's something when you put that in front of your face to say, okay, not just on a computer screen, but like really out there where mm. you can move stuff around and, okay, I want to do that, but maybe that's not going to happen, you know, this year. Maybe that's more of a long-term goal. Um, but I really have to see the big picture of, of how everything kind of fits together. And right now, a big goal of mine is to kind of restructure our family time and and um, make sure I'm kind of keeping those traditions and the things that we like to do still there while mm-hmm. everything else is going on. And that's always a challenge. Um, but I'm fortunate, too, that there's four of them, they, young ones, you know, they can entertain themselves <laughs> really well yeah. for the most part. I mean, I have to break up a few fights here and there. <laughs> yeah, that's just how it goes. But, you know, it's not like just having one child that is like, okay, I've read, I've done everything, entertain me now. Yeah, totally. <laughs> they do get along well together nice. and can play together. So that's always an added bonus because it does free me up a little bit to housework and all of the other stuff that we have to do. I will have to say there is one thing that gets me through and it's not, I'm not like, I don't by any means have a neat house. It is not neat. <laughs> it just isn't. Right. There's too many people living in it for it to be neat, and I just got over it. Again, it's just get over yourself. Get over what you think this is supposed to look like because yeah. it doesn't have to look like that. And you people, everybody out there, you see my pictures on Instagram or whatever else, that's just behind me, okay? <laughs> I'm not showing you what's in front of me. Yeah, <laughs> so no one ever takes pictures of the messy house. You have the pretty backdrop <laughs> and whatever else. And, like, it's, it's not reality for me. And if you have a neat house, then you are super fortunate, and I hope you love that. But if you stress <laughs> over it, that's where I have the issue. Because I feel like we are in a world where everybody says, oh, look at this perfect house, and you now have to put it on display on all of your social mm-hmm. media, right? And <laughs> and me being the interior decorator, <laughs> uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't always look how I want it to look. For right? sure. I mean, I could do 50 different things with my house, oh, right? Oh, yeah. But I don't, I don't get caught up in worrying about that. I just can't. I can't afford the time or the stress to be worried about that. Mm-hmm. Now, could I be a little more worried than I am? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I took, I could. But it, it all comes down to what's more important. Yeah. You know? It's funny. I remember after um, our first child and I... It was driving me nuts how messy our house used mm-hmm. to get. Well, used to get. Like, it's spotless now. <laughs> um, and, like, writing to my friends about, like, I don't know how to not worry about this. And, the, you know, it was super tidy before when there were only two grown-ups living in the house. And now there's stuff everywhere and boxes everywhere. And I don't have the time or the mental capacity to be, like, vacuuming every day and dusting this and polishing that. And it would drive me nuts. And I remember at the, like a year later, 
came up in one of my Facebook memories or something about, you know, I think I finally got past the point where I'm obsessed with the house. And looking back, I'm like, no, I didn't. No, I totally did not get past the point. Because now, you know, I'll be, you know, my mom's coming or we've got this person coming over. And then I look around the house and I panic because it's not like showroom ready. But as if any home should ever be showroom ready, because you're not, that's not your job. You're not, your job is not to make sure that your house is yeah. spotless for everybody. Your what job are you in missing your house, out on when yeah. you're doing that, right? You're supposed to be living in yeah. your house. It's a living yeah. space. So if it's messy, that proves that you are living in it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and at the same, at the same time, um, one thing I did go through this year as well was the whole, like, how to reduce mm-hmm. and... Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, I, I always um, talk about how getting one space in order and kind of having it your space mm-hmm. and keeping that as clean as you can, provided no one else has to use it. <laughs> right. And I'd like to think that's my office because at home I do have my office, but slash like den sort of. So there's a TV, but it's still my space. Mm-hmm. I don't really let them in there to watch TV. They have other areas they can use <laughs> and they're super messy. Not that I'm super neat, but, <laughs> but the, it is much easier to keep that clean. And then I feel, even if the rest of the house isn't totally put together, right. just my space, when I sit down to work, my desk is fairly organized and I can, and that is helpful totally. just to have that space that's yours. People don't touch it, you know, and you can kind of keep it, mm-hmm. you can kind of keep that one piece yeah. the way that maybe you're comfortable how the rest <laughs> of the house should be, but that one place can be that way. But I feel like we we do hold on to so much stuff that we just oh my god yes you know and it actually affects us deeply like clutter affects our mental state we it causes us stress that we don't even realize yeah it's like added chaos yeah 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 so I've done a lot of reading about that and I I did a module for how she masters it on uh, clearing it's called clearing the clutter clearing the clutter and it focused around Marie Kondo's book and mm. and. Which is a really good book, but it's a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm still using it to do areas of my home. Yeah. But I really would love to get to a state where I don't have to have the panic side. I can still be lived in, but if people come over, I'm not, like, freaking out. <laughs> but it is what it is, you know? Yeah. It just is. <laughs> Before we go, I want to touch on your community work because it is... It's a, a part, a huge part of who you are as a person, but also adds to that extra layer of, you know, all the different things that you have going on in your life and the giving back to the community is a huge piece of that. Yeah, I feel as though, um, I, I don't even remember when I would have started volunteering, maybe 10 years ago, maybe <laughs> before, <laughs> I don't know, but um, I definitely do believe in, in helping to create the change. So change in your community versus, you know, sitting back and, you know, complaining about it, but not being Mm. willing to do anything about it, which happens often. And I don't want to be that. I don't want to be the person who says, why is this like this? You know? Um, But also I always find myself just (laughs) ending up on a board or like, (laughs) how did that happen? So I just opened Sugar That and they're like, oh, hey, so we have this committee. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll be board (laughs) for Here I am. <laughs> but I think it's more about being, you know, having a little bit of control over what's going on around you. Mm. Um, not necessarily being the one in control, but being able to have a say and being able to have input and be able to 
uh, help facilitate that change that you want to see. And I think that's that's a big driver for me for getting involved in different organizations. But the volunteering aspect of it is more something I want my kids to know. I want them to, we're going to be heavily involved in the gift this year. They're going to literally be going door to door and collecting stuff, which yeah. I think is going to be so fun. Yes. <laughs> so we have an area and we're doing all that. But um, I want them to see that. And, and their other family members are also huge volunteers, mm-hmm. heavily involved in the community. And that played a big part in me getting involved as well. Um, you know, prior to that, I wouldn't say I was as involved. And they certainly set a good example for that and for the kids. And I, for me, like, that's just a great feeling to be able to give of your time and whatever it is that you can give. I don't necessarily have time to give, <laughs> but... <laughs> I think that it, you just do it at your own comfort level. So if you have an hour or two, maybe you only meet once a month. Maybe you, you know, can give that time. And for me, I'm just, I'm kind of a quick mover. So yeah. I don't necessarily spend maybe as much time thinking about that. I just go to the meeting. We do it. What do we got to do? Okay, let's get it done. And that's it. That's and then, awesome. <laughs> and I try not to take, you know, too much of it with me. And I think sometimes that's how volunteering can be draining is when you're not able to maybe like, compartmentalize it a little bit mm-hmm. right because um, it can spill over into your life quite a bit right and you can get really really involved to the point where you're then sacrificing things that you shouldn't be sacrificing yeah. right so I try to keep that balance it's not always perfect that's for sure but. well I think it's amazing and I think you're setting a great example for your kids but for other entrepreneurs in the community and other women especially I think that it's it's so great to be able to have someone and say whether or not you necessarily think that you're doing like a rocking job of anything, other people would see that and say, you know, that look at if she can do all that, then I can do all that. And it's great. And I think that Chatham Kent is blessed to have you. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It's been really enjoyable having you here for a chat. Thanks for inviting me. I am happy to be here. It was a great chat. (laughs) And thank you so much for listening. As always, I appreciate your time. We'll talk again soon.